What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard, it's business. Dead Meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we're engaged, and we like to get scared together. Hey, welcome back to our weird temporary set. We A different temporary set. We kind of moved around, so we're just kind of sitting on the floor. This is like all the shelves that you can't see mm-hmm. during kill counts. They're just storage. Yeah, <laughs> but we're back. We still have our cardboard news desk. That this is it for real, though, at the apartment. Yes. and The, the movers are scheduled. The next episode will be at the new place, which might sound exciting, but in reality, it's probably just going to be us sitting in front of a blank wall, so <laughs> don't get too <laughs> bummed. Uh, but yeah, we're going to do part one of a mailbag this week. We got so much mail, <laughs> so many emails. Thank you to our assistant, Veronica, for going through all of them. Thanks, Vern. All right, here we go. So this is from Spencer. He says, hi, congratulations on the new house. Thanks. This question will directly relate to your situation currently since you're moving in uh, to a house. Which horror movie haunt from a house would you rather be moving into? So the options are, A, you realize you have a pet cemetery style graveyard complete with an old main accented neighbor and you have to walk through a crazy <laughs> yeah, matte painting to get to the, <laughs> the pet cemetery and you have to use it once. You can't just ignore it. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Uh, B, we start to realize our neighbor's acting real shady and you suspect foul play a la rear window and you have to investigate it. C, your house is haunted, but the ghost isn't evil or menacing for now. Or D, the neighborhood you moved into is full of highfalutin types, almost as if they're part of a higher class of society with a capital S. Wink, wink. Uh, Be careful. They might ask you to come over for a party to meet everyone. Love the pod and the work. Y'all do keep representing us Michiganders proudly and keeping good people. Thank you, Spencer. Thanks. All right, what are we thinking? Hmm. Pet Cemetery, you could just like, we could just get another little hoju, little hamster. And then oh, when when he passes, you bury him in. And then you just got a little zombie hamster, oh. and you know you gotta. It sucks, but you can take care of that pretty easily. And then you could just got a Judd that you live next to, and that's kind of fun. That is, yeah, that is the appealing part of that one. Is we would get to live next to Herman Munster, as long as it's him and not. Uh, uh, the much more boring John Lithgow. I would live next Randall. to John Lithgow also. Though. Sure, yeah. It just it doesn't have the same voice. That's a. There was a tweet a while back where it was like, "What's a random line from a movie you get stuck in your head and that you say out loud sometimes?" And it's the Pet Cemetery remake. Oh yes, Church, Church is, is a, a good, good kitty. kitty. I say that all the time to Lucy, and I <laughs> I just I don't know. I just love the way he says it. I don't know. I think a. A rear window type mystery would be kind of fun. Yeah, because then you're just problem solving. Dude, speaking of, I saw uh, yet another tweet. I'm on Twitter too much. Just the (laughs) the worst app. Um, Just waste of my life. I'm trying to withdraw from it. Oh, yeah? Uh, Big life uh, improvement, I I I enjoy Twitter. I love, you just got to curate it and- Curate it, man. And, you know, choose when you're going to be on it, but- there was a tweet that was a screen cap from Rear Window, and if you remember that movie, it's it takes place during a heat wave. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the temperature on the wall is like 82. <laughs> they're like, oh, God. Oh, another scorcher. <laughs> should, yeah. Oh, we got to call Sears. <laughs> <laughs> that became Dr. Dugong real fast. <laughs> Dr. Dugong is Jimmy Stewart, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what were man. the other options? It was um, like, I don't want the haunting. Straight up haunted house. I don't want that. And then society, I don't know. That's Shunting is a lot. It's, yeah. It's, if it were like a regular, like, high-class sex orgy, maybe we could talk about that and set boundaries that's somehow. That's almost too real. It's <laughs> <laughs> almost too real. Like. Uh, but when it gets to the, uh, you know, skin melting into it, it's too much. It's, it's a lot. Okay. I'll just go with rear window. Yeah, I think, AKA, could, um, I think we could solve a mystery. Wasn't Shia in a movie that was basically a yes, take on Disturbia. that? Yes, Disturbia. It I've was basically it. a remake of Rear Window. I saw it. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed I Shia. That was when it came out, so I was, what, like 15? <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay, this next one is from Ripley. Ripley says, hello, congrats on the move. Thanks. I had a question I've been waiting for a relevant episode to ask, and given the timing of the D&D finale, figured that this was a good intersection. D&D is our Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Yes. Go check it out. We're on Spotify. Check that out. Yes. Uh, so, would you rather play a campaign of D&D with the Leprechaun as a fellow player or with Jigsaw as the dungeon master. They will present no harm to your actual person, but to your characters, however. So I think it's just whose play style would we rather deal with the entire time? Yeah, so Jigsaw as a DM sounds insufferable. Uh, That would be... Because the thing is, is I personally, having played D&D for a number of years now, which is wild uh the alignment system is something that i find simultaneously cool but also really limiting and i think that he would be the type of dungeon master and what i mean by the alignment system is someone is chaotic good or someone is lawful evil that i I just think he would care so much about that that it would be very annoying. Yeah, my style of D&D is very loose and mostly just making jokes while the other players carry the story <laughs> and teams. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think, yeah, I think John Kramer is going to be too much of a stickler for re- rules. He's going to have those uh, books and manuals out on the table yeah, and consulting he, them endlessly. He's going to, yeah. That's the thing is our D&D podcast, and just in general, I'm... I find trying to stick to every single rule to be really boring and not fun at all. And at a certain point, D&D is just about improvising a story with your friends. You play it how you want. But he would be, yeah, I think he would be all about following the rules as they are written. And it would not be any fun. And he'd work his personal traumas into the yes, story, too. Yes, he would. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, it's it's not good when you, when someone's working stuff out. When you're playing yeah. D&D, it's just not, it's like watching someone work something out while they're doing stand-up. It's the same, just, <laughs> it's not great um, for anyone in that room. Conversely, um, if Leprechaun's just another player, we can oh. all gang up on him. 
like the other players. Yeah. We can just kind of like shoot him, shoot his stupid shit down. And you know what? Just let him be the bard. Let him speak in rhyme. He would be a good bard. Right. Then you could kind of get into it. Yeah. Especially if you're a bard and yeah, you have your spells where you put on a performance. Yeah. You could actually just could be like a Gaelic bard who says his little. He basically is a D&D character. Basically. you, You could. Oh, that would be kind of fun too. Do a, a D&D, maybe one off. Uh, no promises here. I'm just, I'm literally <laughs> brain, I'm brainstorming <laughs> as we record. But it'd be so fun to do like a one-off D&D where we play as horror characters. Because he clearly, he would be like a gnome bard. Yeah, he'd know. be my character. <laughs> yeah, or I'm trying to like... um Pinhead could be like a pal, like a oh, yeah. paladin elf, or you know, like you could tailor it to. That could be cool. That would be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. So if anyone wants to steal that idea, whatever. <laughs> I'm sure it's it's been done probably, but yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Leprechaun. Mm-hmm. He might be fun, and also it's fun to drink and play Dungeons and Dragons, and he would get us all hammered. Fuck yeah, he would. Yeah, so cool. Thank you, Ripley. Lucy's here. I don't know if you can see her. I think she's just off screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's going to try and knock over this pile of cardboard boxes. Don't do it, Lucy. Shifting gears to a bit more thoughtful of a discussion, because we were just having this conversation with some of our friends, and I I just always think it's interesting. And we get asked this a lot. um, Do you believe in separating art from the artist, or do you refuse to consume media from uh, problematic creators? That's uh, from Ian. It is um, very much a case-by-case basis. That's kind of where I've landed to. I honestly think at, at a certain point, we all just kind of have to accept that everyone is going to have different standards by which they feel comfortable consuming media or not. I um, also think there's a big difference between personally consuming media and uh, promoting or advertising it. Yes. I, I don't think... I don't think anyone should feel bad if they like a piece of art that happens to be made by someone who is, like, objectively bad. Like, if you like Jeepers Creepers, I don't think you should feel bad because you like a movie. Yeah. It was made by a monster, but, like... Yeah, you don't have to buy it or <laughs> yeah that's that's a different there's thing. always pirating stuff that's cool if, and fun to do if that's a moral decision then yes that that can be done uh as as content creators with some influence on the internet that's a different realm for us and that's yeah. why i will not cover jeepers creepers as long as that guy's living it's a like it's you know as people who are more public and we yeah we content creators tm um (laughs) yeah it's like a weird thing to navigate because everyone's standards for who is considered like quote-unquote problematic are very different Mm -hmm. um i think ultimately we just have to kind of accept that i don't think we're ever gonna come to a place where we all agree (laughs) on a set of like acceptable behavior like i don't know and i'm not this isn't to say like you know we should be overly forgiving or whatnot no we also should just like everyone's gonna like i i always use the example of like i i i find roman plansky abhorrent and i haven't seen like his newer stuff i haven't gone out of my way to see um same with woody allen i never got out of my way to see uh but like Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby is a gorgeous movie, yeah. and I, I, I 
put it, I actually put off watching it for so long because I was like, oh, Roman Polanski. But then I watched it and was like, damn, <laughs> like it's ama- it is amazing. And same with his version of Macbeth, I think is like one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. Um, so like it's it's hard. I'm not even I don't even know if I have an answer for that. It's easier when also the artist is dead too. That makes a big difference, I think, because then you know by consuming the media and even maybe covering it somehow, uh, it's separate from promoting or condoning their actions. And then also there's no one there to benefit financially. Like yeah. right now, if we buy the Rosemary's Baby Blu-ray, I think Roman Polanski gets a cut of that. I'm pretty, yeah, I think so. So that sucks. But then it's also like, because the industry is so, you know, tied up in things and it's so complicated, like any Dimension or Miramax film that we may purchase, I think part of that money goes to Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, still, then we're starting you know? to get into the argument of like, can we ethically consume any media? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And that's the other thing is people have been like, oh, you won't cover Jeepers Creepers because it was uh, by Victor Salva, but you covered Scream. And like, that's different to me too because Jeepers Creepers was written and directed by him. So that's more of a... Yeah, if that guy actually is a child... Yeah, but I mean, Harvey Weinstein is also oh, a you're, certifiable I mean, monster. The, okay, I was yeah. like, wait, Scream? Okay, yeah, I yeah see, it's I a dimension see, film. I see, I see. So, uh, but the, like, when you're a producer, especially an uh, executive producer, it's so different. Like, he just it's, gave the money yeah, to make it happen. That's the thing is, producers, especially when you're at like Weinstein level, and that's why there's so many movies made by the Weinstein or with their names in it or yeah. like what, or like fucking quotes. what's his face uh Mnookin is like a oh producer. yes you yeah. he look he's his he's all over all your favorite movies it's very odd but producers it's like a weird thing where often you basically are just getting paid to put your name on it at a certain point you don't really have or much, like you put up the money put up, yeah you're rich yeah you? but like it's different to me if someone wrote undirected i actually was uh thinking about covering uh shit what is it um not it might have been the burning Mm. i started to watch it as a potential kill count episode and uh it was like oh i know savini did makeup Mm -hmm. it'll be real cool and it says story by harvey weinstein i think and so i i decided you know if it's to me it's different if it's a director or writer who's done awful things as opposed to a producer. Yeah, or because even it's like, like a creative yeah. input. Yeah, and sometimes even actors, I'm like, oh, it, it's hard. That can be difficult because you're like sitting there staring at <laughs> yeah, them, yeah. even though they're probably realistically getting less financial uh, reward than a producer would. Yeah, it's not you know? quite it's, the it's, same, it's I don't messy. think. Yeah, it's, and then it when you get to sucks. music... All rock musicians from the 70s have done some questionable shit. Like Marilyn Manson just came out with a new album and he um, probably a giant piece of shit. Yeah, abusive. Yeah, like I know Evan Rachel would have talked very openly about their relationship and how he treated her. Uh, I'll probably just... uh, I'll find a way to get that album for free. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to give him my money, but also I love his old stuff and that's... From like bef- that's before metal. I knew, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it all sucks. I'm not, I don't even have any answers. I'm just saying, like I think everyone's got gonna have a different gauge for what's acceptable. And I think and- that if you're a private person who is not influencing the way people buy media, I don't think you should feel bad or guilty if you just happen to like something. Yeah. yeah. You know, just be aware. Yeah. I don't know. It's messy.
Yeah, it's it's not not great, but that's kind of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. It's just, I you know, I don't think there's a broad yes or no. We can separate art from art. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Um, I think it varies from person to person. And I think the way to avoid this kind of shit in the future is creating an industry and creating a working space for artists in general where that kind of behavior is not acceptable and like once you know once it's found out that someone who is currently creating stuff is a bad person you know we don't have to keep letting them and not not excusing it as like well but they're like a genius there's so many geniuses out there dude we don't need to like prop up the ones who are also monsters i hope that eventually in the future the the argument isn't necessarily like or is it okay if i go watch this movie because the person who made it is openly terrible it's just hopefully that kind of person doesn't get that far in the first place because there's plenty of other talented people out there who don't suck there you go so that's that's yeah okay i hope that all made sense it's a complicated (laughs) thing but i wanted to talk about it so thank you ian uh (laughs) complete 180 (laughs) again uh this is from justin hey guys i saw that you guys are also survivor fans since it's my favorite show i had to ask who your guys's all-time favorite castaways are and how do you think you would do if you played the game thanks love the pod okay let's first lay out our history with it you've seen more than me because you watched it back in the day i okay so survivor i watched the first god like handful of seasons as they aired like i was very into it i mean everyone did you see pearl islands when it aired the is one that, that the we one? watched yes. mm-hmm. so that was season seven so yeah you watched, i watched like, at least yeah, I seven watched. seasons but they also air like twice a year mm-hmm. um so i i watched it a bunch and my <laughs> my mom and her friends ever since the first season i think they only just recently stopped doing it uh it's the same friend she plays euchre with if you're familiar with that card game if you're from michigan or that part of canada um (laughs) they would do a thing where we all would draw a cast member's name and we'd all put money in my mom would put money in for me um so that i'd have a chance of winning and if you're person one you you win the the pot <laughs> i actually won um we played this for so long that i was in college when i won one time and i paid for a bunch of books that semester with my survivor winnings nice but yeah i i love survivor we <laughs> watched great. the first season which was my first exposure to it um probably four years ago now it was the same okay. summer as pokemon go i randomly remember so oh well, then that'd be 2016 yeah okay uh, so we watched that first season together. Then we watched season seven, Pearl Islands. And those are the only two old seasons I've seen. And then we picked it up uh, contemporary, contemporaneously or whatever with Ghost Island. I think, was it Ghost Island? Because we've done like Ghost Island, which was meh, pretty meh. I hated how um, kind of set in stone the winners were from which an early. Which season was Donathan? Donathan might have been Ghost Island. Donathan, friend of the pod, who loved Donathan. <laughs> yes, but uh, but that was the season with Wendell and Dom, right? Who just oh, dominated who just it the entire time. Steamrolled. It was really boring. And Donathan then, tried to knock them off their pedestal, and yeah. more people should have gotten on board. Uh, then there was David versus Goliath, which was a One masterpiece. Of the best seasons of fucking TV incredible. I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was um, not Ghost Island, but the other island. Edge of Extinction. Edge of Extinction, which was fine, but then Chris came back in the end oh, and won it, and that kind of yeah. sucked. Yeah, yeah. And then there was uh, Island of the Idols, 
which was pretty good. But is that the one with Kelly and Dan? I don't, re- dude, I don't remember. I think that was the one with Kelly and Dan, which was uh, very oh, complicated viewing. No, that was. I think it was. was. It? And then the very no last way. one that we watched, yeah, was, was the one the that. All Star. Like All Stars. Uh huh. And uh, that one got interrupted by COVID. And that's why there's not one this season for the first time in so long yeah but uh so yeah with the all-stars i didn't know most of those people but it was fun to get to know them i knew some of the old Mm -hmm. school winners but besides that no i mean from david versus goliath christian was of course like oh my god a lot of fun to watch yeah that season's amazing that season was Um, so good i love rupert forever and ever from pearl (laughs) island yeah Tie-dye Island Hippie, like, works with troubled youths in real life, uh, Mm -hmm. Rupert, just the best. I mean, I remember that first season, everyone loved Rudy and his, (laughs) and, like, that's the thing is, I think people now, if you look at that, if you you just went and watched that season, it would not strike you as remarkable in any way, necessarily, for Rupert, who's, he was this old, like, Rudy, or Rudy, I'm sorry, yeah, Rudy, (laughs) he, um, God, he was like what six in his sixties or something on he that show. He only recently died. He yeah. just recently died, and he was a retired vet, and he uh, became close with um. Oh my Richard God. Hatch. Yes, Richard Hatch, the winner of that season, uh, who was gay, and Rudy had kind of a. It was like it was it was kind of some nice real life character development where it was like and this is the early 2000s it was and 2000 it I think, was yeah. uh different times back then i mean you know it just it, it's, it's like that was such a big deal mm-hmm. for so many people to be watching that happen on tv and i think that was like a really important television moment even though now it just seems so like minimal <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know um if we were on survivor how do we think we i James it is a goal of mine to go to, on Survivor. Yeah. I very, very, very much want to go on Survivor. I think I would fucking kill it. Also, I don't even need to win. I just need to make merge. If I'm out before merge, I will never forgive myself. Mm-hmm. I just want to get on that jury. I want to hang out at Ponderosa. I want to fucking uh, just let me be the physical challenge helper, you know, help my team get through it, and then go ahead and vote me off, whatever. I'll try my best at the social game, but yeah, I don't know. I think I would have a harder time getting to merge because I I would suck at all the physical challenges. And also, I'm just a giant baby in terms of, like, (laughs) I hate camping. I hate being cold. I hate being wet. I hate being, like, I I just, the actual survivor part of it, I would be so miserable that I don't think I... Yeah, you might, like, be so miserable that you might be a little testy around camp. That's true. I would be... (laughs) really annoying to deal with. I always wonder like how accommodating they are of people who like like for example, I'm allergic to uh, all of nature. I'm I have really bad asthma. I just there's so much that I just I would have such a hard time. I wonder how much they accommodate for, but I think if I made it past merge, I would kill it. Yeah. I'd be so good at the social game. That is extremely my shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in general, love um, party games that involve like social manipulation or lying or bluffing or like hidden identity games. Like I am the undisputed master in our group of friends of like werewolf and 
like Mafia and Salem and all those games um, to the point where James looks at me differently when we play <laughs> those games. I'm very good at them. Um, it's, it's one of those things where while I'm playing those games, I'm like, it's a good thing I have a pretty good conscience and I'm not, like if I was a giant piece of shit, I would be like the most evil manipulative person ever. It's just like those games are my safe space to do that because there's no actual real life <laughs> consequences. But Survivor, I feel like I could flex that same mm -hmm. instinct. And See, my, my, my strategy would be get everyone to like me but like there that's a danger is it, you know you can't get everyone to like you too fast yeah i think you have to chill you know mm -hmm. be pretty decently helpful throughout um i'm good at that though i'm good at hanging back when i need to and not yeah. taking control but that's why i think so many winners are often they seem so random because i think they're people who do kind of hang back for a bit and it's like what like this person one who didn't even play that crazy of a game? Oh, I want to go on Survivor. Yeah, I would. I would support your um Survivor journey. You get all island hot. Everyone gets island oh, yeah. hot on Survivor. Um, it is it is <laughs> wonderful just seeing like just being on an island and all you have is like ocean water to bathe with. Or everyone just looks so good. Everyone looks like Hollister models after <laughs> a while. Hey, our first sponsor this week is Shudder. Shudder. Oh, Shudder. <laughs> so Shudder, because we're getting down to Halloween time, mm -hmm. Shudder's getting a little extra spooky. <laughs> this season, they, instead of 31 days of Halloween, we're doing like, 61 days of Halloween. That's so many days of Halloween. Which we deserve. Yeah, we do. It. It's a two-month-long celebration of our favorite season featuring weekly original ex and exclusive movie premieres so they're getting color out of space with Nicolas Cage uh, the second season of AMC's Nosferatu uh, Glenn Danzig's Veronica which I've been meaning to watch so I'm excited about that Scare Me starring Aya Cash and uh, I guess 61 days of daily recommendations from Shudder curator Sam Zimmerman. Nice. So that's what I love about Shudder is, is the, the curation yeah. and the thought put into what is offered on that streaming service. It's so good. If you feel like you've seen all the horror movies, especially the mainstream ones, and you're just like, I, I want something new, Shudder will have it. Yeah. And it'll tell you. It'll, it'll guide you and point you in the right direction of something uh, just suiting your mood. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's really it's truly run by people who love love this genre, and it shows. Like you know, you go on other streaming services, you know, other ones, and for a horror movie, and you look them up, and the selection is garbage, and it's just giving you the stuff that you've you've seen before. And Shutter Shutter's got the good stuff, man. Yeah. Truly, ever you think you've seen every horror movie? You haven't. No, you no have one has. Not. No one has. <laughs> except for Joe. Bob. Except for maybe Joe Bob, who was on Shutter. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so if you want to try Shutter free for thirty days, if you want to get in thirty of the thirty-one days of October for free, and you have Shutter for most of your Halloween season, you can go to Shutter.com and use promo code DeadMeat30. So that's Shutter S H U D D E R dot com. Use promo code DeadMeat30. Our other sponsor this week is Upstart, a lending program for smaller loans. Like they go from $1,000 to 50000 The reason that I feel comfortable sponsoring them is they are not so reliant on just your credit score, which it's a scam that yeah. um, 
other countries don't use. Yeah, I learned that we that we are unique in having credit Canada scores. does it too, but that's because we we rub off on them. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, we're a bad influence on our neighbors. <laughs> um, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, and credit can be absolutely detrimental to people's lives, especially if. You know, maybe you haven't have bad credit, but you just want to get a loan to start a small business. Like you want to do, you know, you want to work and do stuff. Or maybe if you want to go back to school and school is expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I think a lot of people use Upstart for that. I saw when I was looking oh, up, I, I did my research to make sure because uh, any, any money type stuff, I always do my due diligence. And I guess a lot of people just use this if they want to attend another like you know, like online courses or mm. stuff like that, which is why I, you know, felt comfortable talking about Upstart. But yeah, so they, you know, they, they'll take your credit score into consideration, but they also will take in your, you know, your education, job history, other factors. Mm -hmm. And when they check your credit, it's a soft pull. Uh, and it won't affect your credit score. Yeah, which is great because uh, our credit score system is like, hey, do you need to have your credit score checked? That's going to hurt your credit score. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Why do we do this to ourselves? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's why I wanted to do this live for Upstart because I thought that was kind of neat that this was a, a money lending program based on, you know, if, if you just want to get a quote, there, it's not going to ruin your credit score. There you go. And if it, it does get approved, you'll get your funds the next business day yes. in most cases. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, also has a uh, 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot, if you're curious. Uh, yeah, good reviews of the service when I looked it up. So, nice. if you uh, want to see how low your upstart rate can be. Oh, my God, I'm getting a Charlie horse. Oh, no. Ow. Oh, no. Yeah, if you want to see how low your credit slash dead meat. And checking your rate only takes a few. It takes uh, like just as much time as I just had a Charlie horse. <laughs> Go to upstart.com/deadmeat. Uh, let me. See. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit income, other information. Uh, not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. FYI. Uh, but yeah, upstart.com/deadmeat. Ow. <laughs> uh, let's see. This is from Riley. Hello, James and Chelsea. I'm a senior in high school. I only started watching horror movies about three years ago, and I've learned a lot about horror movies from this channel. I'd like to ask what your favorite schlock slash camp horror movie that you think are genuinely good. Uh, my picks would be Terror Vision, Curtains, Night of the Comet. Well, I love Night, Night of the, of the Comet. Comet's great. House on Sorority Row and Frank Henlotter's Brain Damage. If you, uh, if you can't read this on the pod, don't worry about it. Well, we are, so. <laughs> uh, I mean, I Thank think you, Killer... Riley. Killer Clowns from Outer Space is like the ultimate B movie. Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's so funny how Killer Clowns is often mentioned on like October lists of like, here's some so bad it's good horror movies to watch. And that Killer Clowns always gets put on those kinds of I, countdowns, but it's not bad. I it's, don't think it's bad. It's genuine. Like it it's, knows. It's funny. It's scary. The clowns, yeah, the clowns are clowns fucking are scary. scary. Um, the effects are incredible. Yeah, and the the gags and jokes are so clever and cute, and it just like it's it is one of the rare movies I think where it's trying to be a B movie and it succeeds. In yeah, that. because I often say on the podcast I hate when a movie is trying to be a bad 
like or like a B movie mm-hmm. or a bad movie because then that effort to me kind of ruins any, you know, it just it's too deliberate. But Killer Clowns actually does it, I think, because it's it, you know, even though it's it's supposed to be campy, it still to a point takes itself seriously within the silliness of it. Yeah. So I think that's a really good one. Yeah, Night of the Comet is a lot of fun too. Toxic Avenger uh, has some. Uh, it, it's <laughs> it's something. Toxic Avenger, man. That like we we reviewed it on the pod, but it was so long ago. Like the be- the first ten minutes of that movie are, I think, some of the funniest like it's the world that it sets up is so fucking funny and good but then the next 10 minutes is like a way too real like it's these people like running over kid in the road and like taking, close-ups on just, a kid's head getting that? run over it's yeah. fucked up i man. didn't think it would be like that yeah trauma movies in general trauma movies are, are like have parts that I really enjoy and then parts that just go way too far. It's just too much. Uh, basket Case I really love. Love Basket Case. Um, I think a, a camp type movie that is genuinely extremely good and we I mean we always talk about it reanimators oh, like yeah. genuinely so great for sure the writing in that is so good the humor everything that's I mean that's in my top five and it's weird because the first time I watched reanimator I was very you were lukewarm, I was really on the fence on but that about was it. I think before dead meat or maybe right at the start of it yeah. yeah before like horror movies were like so such a big part of our lives Mm -hmm. and i I, that i just remember thinking i've just i always i i just never seen it Mm -hmm. yeah it's weird that was before dead meat yeah that's bizarre yeah and also anaconda (laughs) (laughs) um and we did a commentary track uh for it but the car still obsessed with the car oh yeah for for a campy schlocky movie i mean it's it's perfect yeah it's good absolutely perfect this next one is from Bo. Bo gave us a few would you rather's, but I like this one. Would we rather adopt the kid from Brightburn or the kid from Better Watch Out? Oh, fuck. I know, that's hard. Because you said Brightburn, I was like, well, whoever the second kid is, I'm going to adopt no, him. No, but dude, that little shithead from, Better, from Watch Better Watch Out. By the way, if you have not seen Better Watch Out, I was kind of blown away by that it's, movie. I think it's one of the best. I think it's, it's one of the best. <laughs> horror or uh holiday horror movies for sure yes it's oh it's i so love good. it it's so fucking good it's like i know that they're very different in tone but just because of the characters and their relationship it, it's in like it's linked to the babysitter in my head and yeah. it's just i i dislike the babysitter movies so much and better watch out is so good and so many more people know about the babysitter i'm just like no go better watch better watch, watch out, out. So good. um I don't know, man. That's hard. Because, like, you know, Brightburn's way more Dane. Brightburn is, like, adopting a new, like, a sentient nuke as a kid. (laughs) So that's tough. The kid from Better Watch Out is, like, adopting, oh, God. I mean, he's a psychopath. Yeah, I think, yeah, just sociopath. Like, he's, like, adopting a tiny Patrick Bateman. I think you might be able to make more, uh inroads with brightburn oh god i think like you take the perfect parent not saying that we would be but just the you know a a hypothetical perfect parent i think they could maybe keep brightburn under control maybe but then 
I don't think they could with the Better Watch Out kid. Because, you know. But the, at least the Better Watch Out kid doesn't have magic powers. I mean, either kid, I'm I, trying to kill him. I know, I'm point. finding a way to, like, make sure they have an, some kind of accident. Yeah. they're just a danger to humanity. They are. Uh, it, better Watch Out kid's easier to kill. <laughs> pick pick the kid you're gonna adopt, adopt based on how murder. easy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. I I think I might have to go with better watch out. Well, you know what? I'll I'll condition my answer on this. Does Brightburn Kid have to exist in this world? If so, I think I could do a better job. Oh well, him. like if you don't, if if, if I don't, someone else will get him. Oh Jesus! I think. I'm in the upper 50% of uh, parents who would be able to maybe keep him calm and under control. So given those numbers and odds, I would take him under my wing just to avoid him winding up with like parents who couldn't handle him and then he's flying around destroying buildings. But if I choose Better Watch Out Kid and just Brightburn Kid doesn't exist, I'll take Better Watch Out Kid. It's basically like which one... Would you want to adopt to ensure that whoever adopted the other one isn't the kind of parent who would just leave them unattended on 4chan all day? <laughs> because neither of those ends well. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's, that's real I tough. That one. So, all right, I guess better watch out, kid. I guess. We can send him to, like, I don't know. Jail. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, jail. <laughs> um, this next one is from Caden. Hi, James and Chelsea. If you were to ever make a horror movie, what would it be about? Would you guys be in it? And would Lucy make an appearance? Um, I mean, I would love to make a horror movie one day. And I oh, I think I've mentioned this on the pod a few times in terms of just like aesthetics I love and subject matter. I really want to make a horror movie with truckers yeah. and trucks. I, j- I have ideas bouncing around, but I'm very... Like I'm not I'm not a writer. I'm not a, a screenwriter. I find screenwriting extremely difficult. I can come up with an I a basic like an elevator pitch for something. I'm the opposite and I don't know why we haven't I know we need <laughs> combined to combine yeah. powers. It's funny because I think there's sometimes <laughs> where we as a couple will just I think be like, you know, I need something to work that that's like my own thing. Mm-hmm. But then we realize we could just work on this it's yet another <laughs> thing we could just work on together. Um yeah, I, I, I the best idea I've had for a, a movie is actually one that like is is good enough to where I don't want to share it. Okay, it's the only good idea I've had. <laughs> like, a, it's not I wouldn't even call it an original idea, but an original twist on an idea mm-hmm. uh, that like I came up with, and I was like, oh, that could actually work. I just got to find the time to do it. Yeah, Dead kill counts take a lot of my time, man. Yeah, <laughs> I do have like a concept. For a trucker-based movie that I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna like. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, not gonna share it. But I basically, I think I just an aesthetic I would love to explore. And if I made more than one movie, they would all be like I. I love John Carpenter's running. Um, like he, we were talking to um our friend uh uh, uh Mike Doherty on the podcast. We were talking about John Carpenter's like working class aesthetic and his mm-hmm. like proletariat horror movies and I I just want to walk in those footsteps. I think it's it's such a cool like we don't get a ton of that anymore. Um cuz I as much as I love 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 horror movies where it's just all these very tortured 
wealthy people like mids <laughs> or not mids um hereditary is this beautiful giant house and oh, there's yeah. like it's very like I don't know. I just I just would love to do a 180 from maybe what that trend is right now and explore or like get out as like wealthy people mm-hmm. and be cool to do a bit more something a bit more grimy, yeah, John Carpenter style. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess that's all I'll say about that. I guess Lucy can be in it if she wants. I don't think she'd be a very good actor. No, God, no. Are you kidding? She doesn't. Do- she's. Oh, she would be the worst. She would, yeah, she's. She would not be a very good actor. I can barely cat. get her in videos. I've been on set before where there's an actor cat. It's really impressive. <laughs> it was on a sitcom I was working on, um, Friends of Better Lives, if you want to watch the two or however many episodes that came out before it got canceled. Uh, there was a cat in one scene that they had to direct to, like, go assert they had to jump on the bed and then pretend to jump out of a window we were filming in a studio so but it looked like they were jumping onto a tree and it, this cat just it was like a circus cat. it just it did everything that they it was incredible i was yeah. i was amazed lucy is way too spoiled no she would never um let me see here okay this one is from kelly um and Kelly says, uh, oh, she thought of a good would you rather after binging our pod this week driving home mm-hmm. for Labor Day, 10 hours in the car. Yep, Ooh. done that before. I do love driving. Like a road trip. Mm-hmm. Love a good road trip. Would you rather get stranded in the middle of the ocean like in open water? Nope. Or get <laughs> stranded in the mountains during winter like the Donner Party? That's tough. Because those both suck. Um I mean, you're dead either way. That's the thing is, I think you're just dead. So it's like, which? how do you want to die? Both of those are not great. I think I might have to pick mountains. Don't you, doesn't hypothermia, you end up feeling okay at the end? I think that, yeah, that's a thing. Relatively. Where you just, your, your nerves, you just, like you feel warm and then yeah. you're dead. Maybe that then. I might have to pick that because at least with, the mountains i can pretend i'm trying to find my way out That's i can true. use the sun i can walk and think okay you know maybe there's a chance i'll come upon some food or something whereas the ocean just feels it's, yeah it's endless it's and like open water in the dark is terrifying yeah no that it is scary like when the titanic's going down the lights all go out Fuck that. It's so scary. Yeah. I would love to just tangent, but <laughs> that whole basically the second VHS of Titanic <laughs> where the ship is going down. I would love to just rewatch that bit because I feel like just that whole sequence is a good horror movie. I bet. Because it's it's I mean it scared the shit out of me as a kid. Oh yeah. All those chunks of ice like just flying down the deck and people are going into the, the rotor like the or don't people fly into like the the, the smokestack falls on people? Oh, is that yeah. what you're thinking? I think that falls on uh, his buddy. Oh man! But then other people are like locked in the the mm, third that's, class. That like, is, I that's one of my. I'm very scared of drowning. Also, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I'd have to pick mountains. I think. It's, isn't it weird how? I think we've I think we've talked about this before, and probably even in a drunk Disney, which is why I don't remember. <laughs> Do school like when schools have school carnivals and stuff? Do they still offer the inflatable slides that are shaped like the Titanic? We never had those at our. We had we had that every year. The only time I've seen that is in friggin' Branson. (laughs) 
that's the only place I've seen an inflate like a giant. Well, they have a Titanic museum in Branson, don't they? I think they have a very large Titanic museum. There. I don't know. But yeah, we that's a thing. I'm sure I, I bet companies still rent that out where you I'm can sure. slide down. It looks like when the Titanic's sinking and it's sticking mm-hmm. up out of the water, you can like slide down it. It's so fucked up. I <laughs> I can't think of any other horrific disaster where you could turn it into an amusement park ride or yeah it's not like you go hindenburg skydiving i was gonna (laughs) say yeah or like a hindenburg like a drop tower like there's not (laughs) i can't think of any other like it's it's such a i think just because it it was such a big movie Mm -hmm. it's like well we're taking this imagery from the movie let's see this next one's from rhiannon um she asks, has a film ever given you nightmares or been too intense to finish in one sitting? Rihanna says that uh, they had to walk away from Untraceable during one of the death scenes. Um, I didn't finish Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> yeah, but that's because it was disturbing. Like, uh, is that oh, what I said? Disturbing? Or just, yeah. If, it wasn't intense. like scaring you. No, I just, but it was just it, gross. It was just gross. Uh, one time you were out of town and I started creep late at night, um, <laughs> not entirely sober. And, uh, as, f- as soon as fucking peach fuzz came on the screen, I was like, uh, I'll finish this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that movie's, yeah, very scary. I still need to see the sequel. Oh, yeah. hmm That's right. Is that still just, it's found footage? Mm-hmm. Or... I think so. All right. Yeah. I think that's about it. I remember being pretty... uh, Another one that I watched while you were out of town one time was The Strangers, and that also was scary. That's a a horrible movie to watch alone. It was, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do it in a house. In an apartment, it's different because it's like, okay, we're in a building. No one's really going to be coming in, but like... Uh, we're about to move, and I think that might change the game on like when I watch yeah. certain movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you're in an apartment, there's other. There are layers. Yeah. yeah. There are layers of protection. It's creepy. <laughs> I think the first time I saw Wreck, I didn't. I... Wreck's fucking yeah. terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I eventually watched the whole thing scared the shit out of me but that one i just the the amount of dread i had watching mm-hmm. that movie this one's from andrew uh hey james and chelsea love the channel and podcast so much thank you guys for all that you do thank you andrew andrew says nev campbell confirmed on her instagram that she's mm-hmm. returning as sydney prescott for scream 5 courtney cox also confirmed uh and david arquette Radio Silence is confirmed to be directing the film. Friends of the pod and mm-hmm. channel in general. Um, one Scream fan to another. I was wondering your thoughts so far on Scream 5. Are you optimistic about Radio Silence and the returning cast members? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's like it's such a weird thing now to be doing what we do and having a lot more access and opportunities to meet people who work in horror and befriend people who work in horror. And that ultimately does change how we're going to feel about something, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be straight up about that. Like I have no idea how I would feel about it if I did not know the radio silence team and think that they were really cool and talented, but also they did ready or not. Yeah. And ready or not is so ready or not. Maybe my favorite horror movie of 2019. Well, yeah. The lighthouse is, I think the lighthouse would probably, yeah, I know for me, I think ready or not as much like midsummer is definitely not in contention. Uh, for favorite for me, yeah. uh, Lighthouse is a bit, but like Ready or Not, it's so good. It's so good in so many ways. 
And so even had we not met them and had them over this apartment yeah. for a podcast episode, I think I would have um, some faith in them. Uh, I, I, I am optimistic because of them. I didn't necessarily think that we needed a Scream 5, but I also didn't think we needed a Scream 4. And uh, in retrospect, Scream 3 probably wasn't even necessary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first movie is in my top five horror movies of all time. Um, it's weird to have one without Wes Craven, but yeah. again, with them directing, I am optimistic about it. I would like to see Dewey or Gale get killed. I would not like to see Sydney Prescott. Get no, killed. leave Sydney please, alone. Please, dear God, she's do not kill Sydney so Prescott. Much. Yes, I can't stop thinking about how much that she's been through, and like, just let her. Be. She is one of my favorite final girls of all time, and just horror characters in general. She's one of the most traumatized final girls of all time. I yeah, think just please like... do not kill Sydney Prescott. Yeah, please, dear God. I I also wonder how much. Of the new scream is gonna be commentary on the fact that people can just continue a franchise without its original author mm. and because four like touched on reboots. Yeah, that that was kind of what it was uh, talking about because it was essentially a reboot of the series. Um, so I am curious as to to see what five focuses on because it's got to have some kind of meta contextuality to it mm -hmm. like you can't just have a straightforward slasher right uh but i trust radio silence is kevin williamson involved i have no idea i forget if he's involved at all with the writing i just know like like those guys like radio silence too is they their sense of humor 100 percent works for me like yeah. the stuff that they've made where there is humor is always extremely funny to me and definitely yeah scream like is so funny to me that i know i know they'll hit just the right balance that and, it requires and they're nice yeah and they're also just really nice people and like and not in just a a personal way their movies aren't mean yes and even in vhs which i uh i know has a lot of fans i think overall it's kind of a, mean, a mean movie, movie. Yeah. a but, lot of it i was like i don't love it's just too yeah, but their segment is not me. Their segment it's is so, the most wholesome. It's so wholesome and movie. good. Because <laughs> VHS, there's so many segments where there's like weird, like the very opening is like a woman being sexually assaulted in a yeah. parking garage. And I'm like, cool, this sucks. But then you get to the radio <laughs> silence part and like, I, I forget who's dressed up like a pirate. <laughs> and one of they're all wearing these like costumes and just walking around like, hey, we're going to a party. And it just, it's just such a funny change of pace from the rest of that movie that, um, yeah, I could see that. I could see Billy and Stu being like them in VHS, like going to a party. Yeah. Like I could see Matthew Lillard in. Also, if you want to do the original Scream Three thing and bring in Matthew Lillard, dude, I would be mad. Do it. I always want Matthew Lillard. In yeah, everything. I think he tweeted about it. He did. He's so like, please <laughs> do it. I'm cool with that. I love. Him. Just don't kill Sydney, please, dear God. Yeah, this one is from Mike. Mike says, hey, Chelsea and James, my son just turned seven years old and I'm looking to start him on the road to horror. My wife and I have recently started watching the old Goosebumps TV show from my childhood with him. Uh, you can cue the catchy theme song. And he can't get enough of it. He, he keeps watching to, asking to watch things like Friday the 13th and Halloween, especially because he's very familiar with my love for the latter, but we haven't been brave enough to let him give it a shot. 
I know when I was his age, I had at least tried to watch the original It made for TV movie. And I remember that experience very vividly, as many <laughs> of us do. What are your thoughts on getting kids into horror movies earlier than most people would probably suggest? Can you maybe share your earliest horror movie memory? Yeah, I actually just had this discussion on Twitter, but I wanted to bring it up again here because I think it's a really interesting one and um, people have a lot of different opinions on it. So, I mean, we're not parents. Yeah, well, I'll, yeah so yeah. Just, to preface this. We're not parents, but as a former kid, as you are. Yeah. Also I mean, I watched kid. them early. I was scared of scream ran out of the kitchen or ran out of the living room when they were watching it into the kitchen uh that would have been when i was seven years old so but then shortly after by the time i was eight or nine was when i was like getting into the horror movies and watching them all on my own uh you know it's another individual basis thing yeah every kid's gonna be different i just think you know be in tune and like pay attention to what scares your kid and don't be the parent that just forces your kid to watch <laughs> because you think like, well, I've seen other kids handle this fine or you handled it fine at a certain age. I just think. And definitely supervised watching. Don't yeah, just let them watch it on their own. I think, like, I don't know if you particularly care about sex scenes or if the violence is more of a concern, but uh, as long as you're there. To explain that that's not real. That is key. Explain that. It's make-believe. I think if you have a kid who's really like cre- like a creative type, maybe learning together about how horror movie makeup works mm-hmm. and how effects are done, I think would be a really neat entry point. I just think as, as long as an entry point for a kid is framed as this is make-believe, this is fantasy, this is people who... Are, you know, know each other and are are playing pretend and wearing costumes and it's not okay to do it in real yeah, life. Yeah, <laughs> and and not like this is something real and this could this you know could happen to you. This guy, yeah. you know, not to like torture your fucking kids <laughs> with horror movies. I don't know. I just think that that if you have maybe a kid who's curious or, um, but every kid's different. Like I was very easily scared as a kid. Later in life, I ended up loving horror movies, but I ha- I had to ease into it a little bit mm-hmm. later. I just. You know, I think every kid's different. I also don't think if you're if your kid loves this stuff and is really into it and um, isn't freaked out by it at all. Like we've met plenty of perfectly normal seeming children at conventions and they're <laughs> extremely lovely parents who maybe some other people would think maybe give a side eye like. Is this like is it cool that this little kid knows who you know Jason is or, <laughs> or is dressing up like a serial killer and going to a? But I think you know I, I think that's probably an instance again of maybe a kid having a very mature and solid understanding at that age that it's fantasy and not real and yeah you know it's kind of like you know we let kids watch superhero movies they're all beating up on each other yeah that, you know it's it's all Getting fantasy the crap out of each other. So, I don't know. I, I think all kids are different, but there's nothing wrong with letting your kid watch that stuff if they want, within reason, I guess. Yeah. No, no cannibal holocaust for the children, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good place to stop for this week because we've got some more packing to do. Yeah. So, I hope you all liked the, the mailbag. We're going to do part two next week, and I'll have more more of your questions. Yeah. We're we're 
done with the apartment for it's the podcast. really weird for reals for yeah. real not the what was the la- deep rising <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah this feels a bit more appropriate so thank you all for supporting what we do I, yeah i don't even know what to say it's it's such a weird feeling just sending off this place i mean all the stuff's coming with us so it's not (laughs) that big (laughs) of a a life change but you know yeah cool thanks everybody you can follow dead meat on social media at dead meat james on twitter and instagram uh both of which platforms those accounts are yet to be verified Yeah, for real. Um, Karebeck, <laughs> I would also like to be verified on Twitter and Instagram, C-R-E-B-E-C-C-E. Uh, and if you all merch, store.com. It's just because people pay more attention when they see the blue check mark. It's you know, true. if we tweet at a director and are like, hey, you want to come Can we there? interview you? They're not going to respond if we don't have a fucking blue check mark. It's dumb. Yeah. But that's the way it works. I want the clout. I want, the, I want it. Give us the clout. <laughs> uh also debbiepod at gmail.com where we got all these lovely questions we will answer more of them next week but until then i'm james i'm chelsea and this has been the dead meat podcast 